When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. All right, let me tell you all something about Anchor. If you ever want to start your own podcast or create your own podcast, Anchor makes it really easy. First of all, it's absolutely free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more popular platforms. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All gas, no brakes. And now we have liftoff. Welcome into the Now We Have Liftoff New York Jets podcast. Of course, I am your host, John June. And of course, as always, got my guy, Frank Jim Piccolo. Frank, what is good? Yo, 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 John, how are we feeling today? I'm feeling great, man. The Jets just concluded their NFL draft in 2021, and I can't wait to break it all down. We are going to go pick by pick. Uh, The Jets had 10 selections overall in this draft class, and we're going to break each one of them down. And so starting with the first pick in this class, the one that was the least surprising to all of us, BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. And so, Frank, now that it's official, now that Zach Wilson is officially the Jets quarterback, they did not... Uh, appease us and take Justin Fields. Zach Wilson is our guy. How do you feel about Zach Wilson as our franchise quarterback for the foreseeable future? I'm super excited. It took, I think, both of us all five minutes to get over that the Jets didn't draft Zach Wilson, or excuse me, Justin Fields. Uh, But they stayed with Zach Wilson. And like we've been saying, he fits this Shanahan offense to the T. And I think that's why they went with that. Too many question marks on Justin Fields if he could fit into this offense and whatnot. But with the weapons that they brought in in free agency, the weapons that they added later on in the draft, I think it's going to be a good fit. And with uh, Greg Knapp and LaFleur, I think this is going to be um, very exciting to watch him develop. Yeah, I mean, I've been a a big fan of... Of Zach Wilson, I mean, I've been saying it, you know, Justin Fields, he's been one of my favorite players in this entire process to, to watch and break down. Uh, I, th- I thought he was, you know, when you consider position, the second best player in this draft class. Um, and obviously I said what I said, I would take him if I was making this pick, but don't hear what I'm not saying. I really, really like Zach Wilson. I think this kid has, is a phenomenal talent. Uh you know, I think that he has a skill set that is one that is desired in the NFL, which is to be able to basically put the ball wherever you want to at all three levels of the field. You know, he's you know, does he have the mobility of a of a, a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance or even a, a Trevor Lawrence? No, but he's definitely has more mobility than than your average pocket passing quarterback, and I think that's what part of what makes him so special is that he you know he talked about it as well he wants to beat you from the pocket but he will use his legs when he needs to kind of how Russell Wilson plays right Russell Wilson we know he can run 
uh, but he chooses not to. He chooses to be to be a passer until the last second. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and it was really interesting. I listened to a bunch of Zach Wilson when he got interviewed um, by the uh, local radio stations, and he talked about his uh, his ten hour drive each way to meet his um, quarterbacks coach. So you just know that he's all about ball. And it was really interesting when they pressed him about his lack of quote-unquote competition and his response is that covered receivers are covered receivers no matter where they are. And he and I still found a way to fit the ball into those windows. Yeah, and that's something that I know that I've spoken about here. Um, I've spoken about it with Zach Wilson and basically any time that I've had the opportunity to talk about it is that Zach Wilson is when you look at yes he did play at BYU yes he did play against lesser competition but he's right covered receivers are covered receivers and his receivers at BYU those are not NFL caliber receivers those guys were covered those guys were basically what covered is in the NFL you know what an open those guys are basically what open is in the NFL and Zach Wilson was making these throws in BYU, yes, it's going to be against a lesser def- defensive back, but the oper- the fact that he he's recognized this over and over and over again, and he's told himself, "Hey, I've got the arm talent to be able to put this ball wherever I want." He's got this quick trigger, uh, you know, is is good off of play action, can make throws from different platforms. This is a really good fit with Mike Lafleur and what the New York Jets are building on this offensive side of the football. Yeah, you heard all, all along through this process that he's not playing against NFL caliber uh, NFL caliber defenses, but no one talked about the rest of his team. Like, how many other players has gotten drafted from Zach Wilson's BYU team? I think two uh, to this point. Uh, one of the receivers was drafted in the seventh round, Dax Milne, uh, and then a, a defensive lineman was also drafted in the seventh round, but basically not many. That's the point I'm making when you're comparing, like, even Kentucky players that we were talking earlier off air, how many of them gotten drafted, and Clemson and Alabama players who notoriously are in the teens with the amount of players that they have drafted. Yeah, definitely a good point there. Um, You know, another school that was churning out some some players, USC got a lot of players drafted. Uh, One of those players, somebody that, Frank, you and I are both very, very high on. We've talked about him uh, all the time. Anytime we talked about interior, the Jets adding anything in terms of interior offensive linemen, uh, yes, I'm talking about sec- uh, first, the second draft pick that they made, but the, or first, the second first-round draft pick in this draft class uh, where they actually traded up from 23, uh, trading 30, uh, 66 and 86 uh, for... for uh, 14 overall as, and as well as a fourth round pick and with that pick taking Elijah Vera Tucker the the we call him a guard he played left tackle this year in 2020 at USC he played left guard the year before so he has positional flexibility he could realistically play four of the five positions on this offensive line and so Elijah Vera Tucker Frank what do you make of this addition uh, of the 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 talented offensive lineman out of the University of Southern California, I I love him. He is prototypical guard, swing tackle. He's really going to help our offense along. I ha- I really didn't think we had any chance of drafting this kid. You know when we were talking about not at twenty three. No, th- <laughs> well that's why he moved up. <laughs> and like we were talking about Creed Humphrey, wait. Uh, Y Davis, uh, those type of players, even um, you know the two linemen that came out of Alabama that we might have been able to get at 23. But what I really like what Joe Douglas did was he identified the player that he wanted, and he wasn't afraid to use a lot of that draft capital that he has gotten from the Leonard Williams trades, from all the other trades, and getting an impact player on day one that's going to come in and either plug right next to Becton and make that left uh, wall of green or even move him to the other side and pair him next to uh, Fant. Yeah, one of the things I think Elijah Vera Tucker provides more than anything is flexibility, right? And we've talked about that. I've talked about that 
Um, you know, Joe Douglas, these draft picks allowed him the flexibility to be able to make a decision like this where he sees a player who, you know, Joe Douglas said it, Elijah Vera Tucker was a top 10 player on their board and they were able to get him at 14. So, uh, you know, somebody compared him, I think it was Dar- Daniel Jeremiah compared him to David DeCastro, uh, the, the offensive lineman from the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's high praise. If we're getting David DeCastro here, uh, some some semblance of a, of a Quentin Nelson. I mean, Quentin Nelson's, you know, very, very good. But Elijah Vera Tucker, uh, he could have that kind of impact, especially, like you said, playing next to a Makai Becton. Yeah, absolutely, John. Um, you know, the couple knocks on him coming out was he didn't play nearly as well in those uh, power schemes that USC ran occasionally. But he really excelled on on those wide zone blocking schemes. And uh, guess what? That's what the Jets are going to be running all year. So this pick was perfect for what they had to do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that was the you know one of the one of the very first offensive linemen I highlighted uh, when looking at who could fit this wide zone run scheme was Elijah Vera Tucker. Then I found out he was probably going to be a top fifteen pick. And I thought we had no shot, but like we said, we didn't until Joe Douglas traded up. And like you, I, like you had said, I love the fact that he identified that this was an opportunity to get a player uh, that he valued very highly on his board, and he wasn't afraid to move up. And you know, I think that's great because it shows you he. Sometimes you see teams like like even New England, right, where they just trade down all the time. Right. And some teams will just trade down almost to the point where like, you know, they're just trading down for the purpose of trading down. And Joe Douglas trades down. He traded down with a plan last year, trying to accumulate picks, getting Denzel Mims uh, and also trading down as well uh, and getting, I believe, James Morgan, if it was. But um, or no, I think they traded up to get James Morgan. But either way, um, you know, this year he trades up. Going to get an elite player like Elijah Vera Tucker, so he's he's shown us that he's adaptable. He's shown us that he's willing to be flexible, and I think that's what you need. That's the kind of creativity that you need as a general manager if you want to field a successful football team. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, uh, me and you both have lamented on the fact that you know I hope we were hoping that he's not going to be another John Idzig and have the Idzig twelve and just stay pat and. You know, whoever falls into our laps falls into our laps, and we're going to take the best available player. No, he decided that Vera Tucker was worth the the three, the two threes, and he made the deal, and we're off to the running now. Yeah, man, I'm excited about this one. Uh, another pick that I'm excited about. You know, it was a, it was I was really, really clamoring for uh, this wide receiver. Uh, more, you know, I was really clamoring for him, but I was clamoring for Rondell, but we got Elijah and people may think I'm upset, but I'm really not. I really do like Elijah more. Uh, when I first watched this guy, he reminded me of Tyler Lockett. And I know that's kind of, it kind of, kind of sounds, um, you know, a little, a little, cause I feel like that cop is all over the place, but that's, it must be true. Cause it's legitimately the first thing I, I saw when I watched Elijah Moore, it reminds me of of Tyler Lockett in the way of he's an outside receiver uh, that he's a smaller receiver that can win on the outside, but can also line up on the inside and is quick enough, has a short area of quickness to be able to win underneath. But he's got that elite vertical speed and to win vertically, whether he's on the outside or in the slot. And I think when you look at how he pairs with a Zach Wilson who is very good throwing the ball deep down the field, uh, Elijah Moore is going to be a home run in this Jets offense. Frank, what do you think? Oh, yeah. I I can't believe he fell. You know, uh, when we were talking last week uh, about the receivers and who's going to go where, and I I talked about how Kadarius Toney could be available for us in the second round, and I, I thought that's how they should go because I feel like that's the type of receiver that the Jets need a small speedy receiver to complement the rest of the receiving core. Uh, We always talk about it, the receiving core, like a basketball team. You want somebody to do a little bit of 
everything. Like, this guy has this job, this guy has that job, you got the speedster, the possession receiver, somebody across the middle, somebody to get the third the third downs by the sticks on those third and fours, third and fives. So I thought Kadarius Tony was going to be at that spot. No way did I think that the Giants with Elijah Moore and Rondell Moore still on the board were going to take Kadarius Tony, And that just left the Jets wide open to get, in my opinion, this elite type of receiver. You know, Lavernius Coles said it perfectly when he announced the pick that this is a future Pro Bowl receiver. Yeah, I, I'm really excited about this pick. I mean, like you said, we like to build this thing like a basketball team, different guys, different body types, uh, you know, so you could win against different corners, different defensive systems and coverages. Uh, and, you know, when you look at this Jets offense, the way it's built, you know, Elijah Moore, Denzel Mims, uh, Corey Davis, Jamison Crowder, uh, even potentially Keelan Cole, like we talked about, that's five guys that can play in the slot. But four, you know, your four main receivers can all play in the slot, right? And Elijah Moore is going to have an impact potentially as a punt returner or a kick returner, um, you know, because this guy is electric. He's electric with the ball in his hands, and you know, good things happen when he when he touches the football. And you know, if you if you're a Jets fan and, and you you haven't seen the video of AJ Brown with Elijah Moore, you really have to watch that. AJ Brown is literally in tears. Uh, telling Elijah Moore how proud he is of him and telling him that, you know, Elijah Moore is better than A.J. Brown. And A.J. Brown, to me, is one of the best receivers in the league. And A.J. Brown is literally sitting there telling Elijah Moore that he's better than him and he could be as great as he wants to be. So uh, you have to watch the video if you're a Jets fan. It literally gives me goosebumps. Um, But Elijah Moore, I'm excited about how he fits into this Jets offense. Oh, without a doubt. And it's pretty crazy to think that the receiver that played with A.J. Brown last year is now going to be playing with Elijah this year. Yeah, right. You know, it's funny. I mean, Elijah Moore as a a freshman, as a true freshman, was competing with with D.K. Metcalf and A.J. Brown for targets. That's how good this, this kid is, right? He was competing with those two mega monster stars at the wide receiver position for targets and receptions as a true freshman in the SEC. Yeah, without a doubt, bro. And I think what's getting downplayed a little bit is that he he also has A-plus character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you could see what Joe Douglas and Robert Sala are doing here. Not only are they bringing in guys that are going to fit this team well, but they're going to have to also fit the culture that they're trying to build. Definitely. And, and, you know, especially these top three picks, uh, Joe Douglas said it, the Jets felt they got three top 25 players, three of the top 25 players on their board. You know, that could be coach speak. It could be whatever, but I genuinely believe it because, you know, Zach Wilson, you know, you could say people could say what he want. He's already been labeled a bust because he's been drafted number two to the New York Jets. But, you know, he, a lot of people had him highly drafted. There's very likelihood if the Jets didn't take him that he would have been the pick at three. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, he was clearly seen as a top 15 pick around the league. Um, and then Elijah Moore, he was somebody that, honestly, the Giants probably should have taken at 20 if you really, if you really want to be honest about it. But, um, you know, so Elijah Moore lasting into the second round, being a value there for Joe Douglas and the New York Jets. Uh, you know, Elijah Moore was a big reason why they didn't want to move out of that spot. So definitely something to be excited about if you're a Jets fan. Oh, without a doubt. The the first two rounds was phenomenal by Joe Douglas of how he maneuvered things and how things fell for him. It, I'm still in shell shock because I haven't seen first two rounds like this for the New York Jets in I don't know how long. Yeah, uh, the answer would be never. Um, and so then we get to the fourth round, and that's where I my pants literally came off because at pick 107. What do you mean literally came a guy, off? They, they came off. But anyway, at pick 107, uh, Michael Carter, I, 
the running back from North Carolina. You guys heard me talk about it. Uh, you know, as one of the late round prospects that that I could have been, I would have loved the Jets to get. Uh, Frank, I know I can go on and on about this, so I'm going to let you go on your initial thoughts of Michael Carter before I I have a monologue here. Well, first of all, how did he fall to us in round four is, I don't know. I have him right up there with Javante Williams, and when me and you were talking right before the Jets picked Elijah Moore at two, I was saying the Jets should really think about selecting Javante Williams here because that would put a whole new dynamic to this offense. We have haven't had a running back I I don't think ever that could catch the ball out of the backfield. And then when the Jets picked Elijah Moore, I was like, "Okay, I see what they're doing. I'm like it. I'm on board. Let's go for it." And then and then they signed this kid and they got the best of both worlds. I don't know how Joe Douglas does it. He did it last year with Denzel Mims. Traded back, traded back, traded back, then still got the guy he wanted. And then somehow these guys fell to him this year. Yeah, so first off, uh, LaDainian Tomlinson, Matt Forte, Bilal Powell, Leon Washington would all like to have a word with you, Frank. Second off. (laughs) (laughs) I could go on about those guys, but uh, I won't. Second off. And Curtis Martin as well would also like to have a word with you. Oh, he couldn't catch but the second ball out of the backfield. Stop it. <laughs> oh, okay. We're going to have this conversation another day. We're, we will have to have this conversation yeah, another day. Yeah, we will. But anyway, um, Michael Carter, uh, you have, obviously, Frank, you know, uh, like you said, he to me, he's one of those backs. When I just watched the film, he was, he was fourth for me behind Javante Williams and Travis Etienne and Najee Harris. Uh, that was where he was at for me. Um, you know, and I comped him to Alvin Kamara, not in saying, Hey, this guy is going to be the next Alvin Kamara. I'm saying as in like the way this guy, uh, plays in space, the things that he's able to do, the, the elusiveness, uh, even he, sh- he still shows power. Uh, the fact that he's, he's small, but he's compact. He's 200, he's, he's 210 pounds or 200, actually he's 201 pounds. Sorry. Um, but Michael Carter, to me, is a running back the Jets have needed for the last, like, eight years, I would say, ten years. Uh, You know, they need a guy like this uh, who's able to make plays in space. All the guys that they've had from, like, Sean Green to even Chris Ivory, uh, you know, have been good backs, but they've just been plotters almost. And Michael Carter is not that. He is explosive. He has juice. And just the thought of... Him being running behind this offensive line, Makai Becton, Elijah Vera Tucker running this wide zone scheme, Zach Wilson off of play action with these receivers, Denzel Mims, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore. Uh, shoot, you know who's the safest person that the, they don't even want to tell you about? Chris Herndon. The Jets did not touch the tight end position, so he is. That shows you the commitment that they have to Chris Herndon. They believe Adam Gase was the detriment there. Um, I'm excited about this Jets offense, and you should be. Oh, yeah, bro, without a doubt. When you look at this offense compared to years past, this offense now is fast. When you talk about Elijah Moore, Denzel Mims, Chris Herndon, Corey Davis, like you have guys that can do everything. Like you were talking about those bangers. They they have a couple of those bangers already in the backfield when you talk about Devontae Freeman, Ty Johnson, and now they got this this young kid who's going to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield like they were hoping Le'Veon Bell was going to be that, bro, it's going to be scary. Yeah, it's definitely going to be scary. I mean, I'm excited about it. I literally said at after the Michael Carter pick, I said the I, – I, I'm, I'm not even lying. I said the words, the Jets could literally do anything right now, and I would not care. I wouldn't care because you tell me – Zach Wilson, Elijah Ver Tucker, Elijah Moore, Michael Carter. If you told me, forget Zach Wilson, right? If you told me between Elijah Ver Tucker, Elijah Moore, Michael Carter, Jets would get two of the three, I'd be excited. You told me they get one of the three, I'd be excited. You told me they get two of the three, I'd be excited. You tell me they got all three? All three? You take your pants off. They were off. <laughs> 107, they were off. <laughs> 
That's great. That is great. <laughs> and so as I say that, as I say the Jets could literally do whatever they want, I think they might have heard me because after that, after four straight picks of defense of offense, we got six straight defensive picks. Six straight. And we're going to jump into each one of them. Not a whole lot of time to spend on them because I could tell you I'm, I was not in a frame of mind to do a lot of homework on these guys. But we've got some work. Um, but in the fifth round, first of their three fifth round selections that they had in this uh, on this draft day, uh, this the day three of the NFL draft, after uh, I think they traded down, looks like they traded down once actually um, at the end of the fifth round. But let's start with pick 146. Overall, the second pick in the fifth round, Jamian Sherwood. Uh, he was listed as a safety, uh, 6'2", 216 pounds. Uh, but the Jets have the Jets announced him as a linebacker. So he's a, a long, longer limbed uh, player who's going to play. He's used to playing in the box. That was his his main role at the University of Auburn. Uh, and so he's going to step in here at, and be a potential depth piece here at the linebacker position and play a role similar to what we thought uh, they were they would get if they had signed a a, uh, a Keanu Neal type. So Frank, what do you think of this move here, getting Jamie and Sherwood the uh, safety turned linebacker out of Auburn? I loved it. I could see him competing for that starting linebacker role right away. Uh, when you talk about the linebacking core that consists right now with Mosley and Jared Davis. You got those two big hitters, but neither of those guys are really that good at covering the back and the tight ends on the seam route. But this kid already has a comfortability with playing cornerback, albeit in college, that I feel like he will do just fine. Safety. Yeah, sorry, safety. But I feel like this kid will do just fine at covering those tight ends, covering those fast receiver, uh, running backs, pardon me, out of the backfield. And then if you ask him to blitz, he's going to do that Jamal Adams, Ashton Davis type of uh, in-the-box linebacking role. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, well, first, I, I think I think C.J. Mosley is better in coverage than people give him credit for, so that's, that's the first thing. The second thing is this guy is moving from safety to linebacker because of his limitations in coverage. So I, I'm a little less optimistic about his outlook. I do think he, he does add a little bit of athleticism. I mean, he's 6'2", 216 pounds, 36-inch vert, uh, 4.75 in the 40. That's a little slow for a safety, but that's not bad for a linebacker. Um, you know, he does have the desired length that you would want for somebody covering tight, a tight end. He's got 34-inch arms, so that's huge. So I think he's somebody that could be a matchup weapon, um, you know, it, it does say, he, you know, he, he doesn't, he's not very twitchy. He, he struggles in space. Um, you know, he, he's, uh, he could struggle with tight ends who have the ability to get vertical. Uh, so I, I'm a little less optimistic, but I do think adding some speed, adding some length to that defense, especially to that linebacking core could never be a bad thing. Um, moving on to the next draft pick that the, the Jets had. You know, what's better than one Michael Carter? That is right, two Michael Carters. Uh, and the first Michael Carter they drafted from the University of North Carolina. This Michael Carter they drafted from the University of Duke. So school rivals, uh, they actually played against one another. There's actually a, a clip going out there of, of Michael Carter uh, running Michael Carter the second over uh, and it went, when, you know, when North Carolina played Duke. But... Uh, Michael Carter II listed as a safety, but the Jets announced him as a corner. He's a nickel corner, plays primarily in the slot. Uh, 5'10", 5'10", 184 pounds. Uh, ran a 4'3", 6", uh, 35.5-inch vert. Uh, so you know, he's on the shorter side, but the Jets see him as a, potentially as a nickel. Uh, he's got good speed. Uh, and, and decent quickness. Frank, what did you make of this move? What What are your thoughts here? I think right out the gate, he's going to be uh, working with uh, Brant Boyer on special teams right away, uh, especially with yeah. that speed. He'll he'll probably be on 
the other side of uh, Justin Hardy as that gunner coming down on uh, on punt. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think he he definitely competes for the starting nickel job. There's really no one there. Javelin Gidry, who had a decent year, but he's not established. Um, so there's really not much competition there. I mean, unless the Jets are looking to, to put the safeties there, like we've talked about, you know, they could put an Ashton Davis there in the nickel spot potentially. Uh, but Michael Carter, the second, uh, Deuce, uh, could come in here and, and be the starting nickel, at least compete for that starting nickel spot from day one. Uh, as he did have, uh, apparently was very, um, was, you know, was very productive from playing from the slot position. So definitely something to keep an eye on there. Uh, the Jets were not done adding at the cornerback position. This time, after a trade down with the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, they draft Jason Pinnock, the corner out of Pitts, out of the University of Pittsburgh. Um, Pinnock is on the, the, the taller side, uh, six foot, 204 pounds, Four five three in the forty a forty inch vertical jump, so he fits that you know that mold. He's kind of in the Bryce Hall mold in terms of a taller, bigger, more physical outside corner. Um, did struggle a little bit at the University of Pittsburgh in coverage, so he had his his fair share of issues. But uh, you know the the like we've been saying that the the Jets could take one of these traits corners. I think he fits that mold, and hopefully they can coach him up again ready to play. Yeah, that's, you know, he's going to be a developmental piece. Again, another guy that could play on the special teams, and we'll see what happens down the road. Yeah, yeah, again, it's it's tough to get too excited about these guys. I mean, Bryce Hall, it was easy to get excited about him because he was a fifth-round pick who was seen as potentially a first, or not really a first, but second or third-round talent, slipped due to injury. That's not the case here with Panak. Uh, he he's actually just a fifth round talent. Actually, even even later than that, potentially, uh, depending on on whose work you consume. Uh, but again, the Jets took him because he's a trade corner. So um, you know that's those are the kind of high upside moves that you make. Uh, the next cornerback that they drafted, because uh, again they were just oh sorry I I skipped one. Um, they they drafted another safety that they convert to linebacker, uh, Hamsa. I don't want to say his last name. Nasiruddin Nasiruddin Hams Hamsa Nasiruddin, uh, the safety turned linebacker out of the University of Florida State. Uh, this dude is put together. I mean, Connor Rogers uh, had said that he was probably the best defensive player that the Jets drafted. Uh, he was better than any other defensive player that the Jets dra- had drafted up to that point. Uh, not saying much because they had only drafted uh, two other defensive players up to that point. But um, this guy, they are moving to linebacker. Uh, he, The NFL comp here on NFL.com is very interesting, actually. It's Foyaside Olukun, the linebacker from Atlanta, who had success with Jeff Obrick. So that's obviously exciting. And he was a player that missed time in 2020 in 2020 only played two games due to a torn ACL so the Jets are potentially getting a player here um, that could could be a good value and that they're getting a value here because of the injury uh, 6'3 215 pounds 32 inch vert didn't run the 40 due to the injury but um, Frank what do you make of this move here adding Hampson to Cyril Dean I think this is such a Joe Douglas type of player. High floor, high ceiling. You know, he dealt with injuries. But if he didn't deal with injuries, I believe this kid probably would have been a third-round pick. Yeah, I mean, he he told uh, reporters that the Jets were getting a first-round player, uh, a first-round talent in the fifth round. So this is a guy that has a ton of confidence in himself. Obviously, confidence isn't everything. Just ask Bless Austin about that. But uh, Hampson Nasir Dean can come in here and be compete for this outside linebacker position uh, with um, Jamie and Sherwood, the, the other safety out of, safety turn linebacker out of Auburn. Uh, so I think that there's promise here. I'm excited. At the worst, these guys are going to be dynamite special teams players just based off their toughness, their length, and their athleticism. So um, either way, these guys should be contributors to a young. Young Jets roster in 2020. Yeah, bro, I'm excited to see what these kids can do. 
Yeah, man. And we're not done yet. We're draft pick number nine. Uh, Brandon Eccles, or I believe Brandon Eccles, uh, corner out of Kentucky. Um, this guy is, he's he's a little twitchy, man. Uh, 5'10", 179 pounds. Get this, Frank. A 43-inch vertical jump, and he ran a 4-3-0 in the 40. The Jets are adding speed. Uh, this guy was a two-way player in high school. Uh, uh, also basketball player and a long uh, a state champion long jumper. So this guy is very very athletic. Um, at at the worst, this, these are the kinds of guys you take the shots on in the sixth round. Yeah, that's what you do. Guys that have that that really high ceiling that you're not sure what they can be, but hopefully with the right coaching staff that he can make an impact down the line yeah definitely that's that's the hope and with the final draft pick that the new york jets had in the 2020 nfl draft the 2021 nfl draft my apologies this the 23rd pick in the sixth round pick 207 overall after a few trade downs they select jonathan marshall defensive tackle out of out of arkansas my apologies and I was initially very upset about this pick because I said the Jets could do whatever they want, but I, there was a caveat at the end of that, which was don't draft an interior defensive lineman. That was my only caveat. But I, there was a caveat to that caveat, which was if they do draft a defensive lineman, Frank, and you know this about me, I have one rule. You draft an interior defensive lineman, the dude better be twitched up. And this dude is twitched up, man. 6'3", 310 pounds, 481 adjusted 40-yard dash, uh, a 32-inch vert, 36 reps of, the, of 225 on the bench. This dude is twitched up, man. So to get this guy, sixth round, high character as well. All these guys seem to be high character. Sign me up. I'm on board. Yeah, the kid has all the tools to be a very successful defensive tackle, especially in the system that Sal and Ulrich is going to run. Production was just very hot and cold. When he was on, he was on, but it kind of seemed like when he decided that he was going to take plays off that he got moved all around the field by whatever lineman he was going up against. Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing is that this guy is going to come in and be a rotational player. So, you know, I think that's huge, especially for these guys that, that have this kind of ability. Uh, to be rotational players because you you unlock that you know you you get short spurts of play of high productive of productive play um, and then they come off the field and then you you know you're keeping your D lineman fresh so I do understand the importance I just you know again if you're gonna draft one better be twitched up dudes twitched up so I'm excited about that um, Frank that was the last of the draft picks I'm sure we will get some. Some overall, um, you know, some some more free agent signings trickling, undrafted free agents. But you know, what are your what's your outlook? I will at we'll get to grades in a second. But what is your outlook? How much better do you feel about the Jets going into into this season than you know after this draft than you did before the draft? I feel they plugged a lot of needs that we that we key pointed go, go moving into the draft. I felt like they hit a lot of spots that were very important for them to put a competitive team out there, especially like you look at the first four rounds of the draft and they went quarterback, lineman, wide receiver, running back. And you could all say that those were our four most important needs going into the season. Yeah, I, 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 I would agree. I mean, to get the quarterback, uh, obviously, that you didn't have to trade up to do that. That happened organically. Uh, th- to be able to get the, you know, to be able to get a guard you feel really good about, to get a receiver and a running back to add some speed and some juice to this offense, uh, and then, you know, to 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 again, we talked about them adding linebackers. You know, they did that. They they did it in a creative manner as well, which is something that you like. This is 
this clearly shows you this is a team that is willing to think outside of the box. This is a team that's willing to, I, again, we named this podcast the Now We Have Liftoff New York Jets podcast because we felt like times were changing. We felt like this team was taking off and it was ascending, and that was mainly because of the leadership that was here. And so what I will say, and I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in this season, but what I will say is as New York Jets fans, we should be proud of what's coming. We should we should we should be proud. We should be excited, and don't let anybody make you feel differently about that. Absolutely, and you could feel the shift. Like I don't know if any of you guys out there have listened to those calls to the uh, draftees that we picked, but I highly suggest that you do because they just get you pumped up listening to how Joe Douglas speaks and how. How much excitement Salah brings just on phone calls gets me so giddy. Yeah, man, it definitely gets me giddy. Um, and I know I called Chris Herndon the safest, uh, the safest player of the weekend that they didn't want to tell you about. But the Jets made an interesting move. They added Kenny Yaboa, a um, a tight end out of the University of Ole Miss, a teammate of Elijah Moore. Transferred from t- transferred from Temple, uh, Yabo is actually a pretty good tight end prospect. Uh, so to, for they got for them to get him as an undrafted free agent, uh, that's pretty exciting there to get a prospect of of that caliber as an undrafted free agent. So yeah, but but back to what you were saying, back to what we were saying. This is definitely something to be excited about. You could feel the shift, uh, even with the calls with the players. You could hear Sol, You could feel Salah's energy. Which is exciting. You could, you could you just seeing Joe Douglas get fist pumps, and you could feel the competitive nature. David Moore signed with the Carolina Panthers, by the way, so protection for your boy Sam Darnold. Um, but you know, um... <laughs> are you okay, Frank? <laughs> Damn it! Damn it! Oh man! But uh, uh. yeah. Anyway, so as we were saying, you know. I'm know. so mad. Let it out, Frank. Let it out. Go ahead. Couldn't happen to a no, worse you guy. You're just saying that because you're angry. But anyway, you look at this Jets roster. You look at the fact that these guys have two first-round picks next year, right? Two first-round picks next year. That's just more talent that's going to get added to this team. They could draft a corner next year. They could draft an edge rusher. They could draft another offensive lineman for all I care. But in JD, we trust. We've been saying it. We feel that way. I'm going to continue to feel that way. And I'm excited. I'm excited about what's going to come. I think for the first time, the Jets are going to have an offense that we can be excited about. One where they're going to be, they're going to score points. They're going to be creative. They're going to have speed. They're going to have players that you can draft on your fantasy teams and actually feel good about them. So like, this is going to be fun, man. I'm excited. Yeah, bro. This is going to be fun. I can't, I can't wait for the season just to get here already. Definitely, man. Definitely. So Frank, uh, I gotta ask you, man. What's the grade for the draft? Ten picks overall. They come out. They get a quarterback. They get an interior offensive lineman, a wide receiver, a running back. They get two outside linebackers. They get two corners, and they get a defensive tackle. How do you feel about that haul? It was good. It was good. Joe Douglas did a good job. My only problem is. And this is just me personally. I wish they got another offensive lineman. I just, that's how I feel. I would have liked to get maybe another guard so we don't have to worry about starting either Van Rotten or Alex Lewis because I both think those guys are good rotational pieces. I just don't think they're starting caliber every week offensive linemen. And we still have no idea what the hell is going on with Cam Clark because Adam Gaze would not let him sniff the field. Well, maybe that just shows you the confidence that they have in Cam Clark, right? I mean... I hope so. I hope so. Right? Like, maybe they're going to... Like, at one point or another, there's only one way for these these guys to unlock their talent, and that's let them compete, you know? So why can't you have a three-person competition for that right guard spot between Cam Clark, Alex Lewis, and Greg Van Rotten, right? So I don't think that... I agree with you. I would have loved to see them add an interior offensive lineman, but they added it. They didn't add an interior offensive lineman for the sake of getting 
playmakers like Elijah Moore and Michael Carter. You know, it's not like they oh, I, they drafted yeah. Tutu Atwell. Oh, I would have I would have bugged out. <laughs> I would have bugged out. Or drafting Kadarius Tony in the first round. Yeah, doing things like that would have would would have us here angry, uh, and trying to potentially as as fans of any team usually do. I know that I've done a better job of it. Frank is something that that you're you're doing a better job of as well, which is not talking ourselves into thinking our team did something smart. <laughs> <laughs> so no they're actually doing things that are smart yes yes as, absolutely 100 percent. right so i'm excited uh you know my my dad would always used to complain that the jets always draft defense they draft defense 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 for a four player draft is something a four a four straight offensive player draft is something i can get behind Definitely. I never thought I'd see it out of the New York Jets. It, it feels like for years that the Jets were stuck in the 1980s. Right, drafting defensive interior defensive linemen with the with the top the top ten pick every year. Right, like what are we doing? Um, but Frank, you never gave us your grade. So what's the grade, Frank? A minus. A minus. You're such a you're such a uh, a harsh grader. I'm gonna give it. <laughs> I'm gonna give it an A. I told you I wanted an offensive lineman. I know. I'm going to give it an A, uh, mainly because, uh, again, they felt they they filled big time needs with big time talent, and any time that you can fit need with best player available, uh, and get a talented football player on your football team at a, at a position that you need one, that that's a win for me. So, um, like I said, they could have done anything they wanted after after Michael Carter's selection in round four and I would not have cared and they did do some stuff that I necessarily didn't care for but they did some things that I think were smart outside the box creative ways of trying to problem solve and I think ultimately that's what you want out of your general manager that's what you want out of your coaching staff you want problem solvers you want creative thinkers and they've shown the ability to do that so uh you know based on based on the haul that they got between round one and four, uh, the trade up to get Elijah Vera Tucker, the the many trades down that they made to accumulate even more picks, um, I will the maneuvering, the strategy, all of it is getting an A for me. It would be an A plus if they had if they were able to get a, another offensive lineman later, uh, maybe like a, a Creed a Creed Humphrey or. Uh, that other offensive lineman from Alabama went in like the sixth round. So if they were able, you know, if they were able to do something like that, that would have made me feel a little bit better. Um, but uh, that would be nitpicking. So I'm going to give it an A. Yeah, it was good to see Joe Douglas um, swing for the fences a little bit in those later rounds. Not afraid to make a mistake by drafting somebody with uh, high upside, but maybe a couple of these players, if they don't pan out, won't be on the team in a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, look, the fifth round pick, sixth round pick, those guys rarely make your roster. Uh, if you if they do, they did something right, or you're 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 doing something right, or somebody made a mistake in, in evaluating. But whatever. But either way, you know, they rarely do make your roster. So uh, these first four picks that they made, like these are all potential starters, like day one starters. Elijah Moore probably. Is gonna is probably gonna see the have the hardest time seeing the field mainly just because of there's three starting NFL caliber receivers in front of him when he walks in on day one. But outside of that, and it won't take long for him to see the field or start making plays. But outside of that, oh no, these guys are all going to be day one contributors, and and Elijah Moore could contribute sooner depending on what happens with with Jamison Crowder, which we don't know. So again. If you get contributors, day one contributors, with your first four draft picks, then that's something to be excited about. Oh, without a doubt. Like, like I'm excited to see Elijah Moore on those jet sweeps. Jet sweeps, deep crossers down the field, uh, jet sweep, double pass, uh, jet sweep uh, pass back to Zach Wilson, who double passes it back down the field to Denzel Mims. Like, I'm excited to see all of it, man. So, definitely excited about that. Uh, definitely excited uh, to 
to continue to you know forecast the, the season. Now now we know what this roster looks like. We know what this team is starting to look like, uh, and pretty soon we're going to get the schedule. Uh, May 12, the schedule comes out, so we'll know who they'll be playing, when they'll be playing them, and that's you, you know that's what we always say, right? It's one thing to know who we're playing, but it's one, another thing to know when you're playing, uh, when you're playing them. So who knows? Maybe we get some uh, Zach Wilson versus Trevor Lawrence in prime time. Maybe we're gonna get some Zach Wilson versus Sam Darnold in prime time because the Jets play the Carolina Panthers next year. So who knows? There's gonna be a lot of things on the table. So that's gonna be an exciting thing. I'm sure we'll be breaking that down, Frank. Um, But until next time, everyone, thank you all for listening. Really hope that you enjoyed it. Hope that you enjoyed the NFL draft. Hope you had a blast. Hope that you're continuing to stay safe out there. But please rate, review the podcast. Hope you like the new logo, by the way. Uh, And continue to support us. Please, we appreciate that. We genuinely do. Um, And we'll just continue to keep to uh to keep put trying to pump out this this quality content about your beloved our beloved New York Jets uh as we now ascend and uh lift off into out of the depths of of uh I guess we were in not in we're not even in mediocrity we were in like the like the toilet so now we're going we were in the depths of hell <laughs> yes the depths of hell and now we we rummage to the top of mediocrity so that's where we will sit uh but until next time our fellow jets fans we will catch you uh please continue to follow us i'm at jr football nerd on twitter and instagram he's at frankie bots on twitter uh and you could follow us at liftoff underscore nyj on twitter and instagram have a good one everybody and we are out of here thanks everybody